Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me once again for this here talk of them in spring world, my dear friends, Lieutenant Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. How are you fellas doing? I don't know why I'm going all Southern, but it feels good. It feels good, huh? Yeah. Want some fried green tomatoes thrown at your face or something mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. Some, some chicken? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little sling blade there for you, too. Why not? Just for good measure. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> a little gas in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is the part where Eric's girlfriend tunes out. I've no, heard enough. No, she... <laughs> she usually listens to all of the ramble and right before Chase goes, this is your red alert as we get into spoilerific territory. Then she's like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> Jeez, <really? laughs> and uh, and just like that, that's what the rest of our listeners are doing now too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, how have you guys been doing since the last time we talked about Trek? Pretty good. Can't yeah. can't complain. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. actually, I don't know. This is this is a week where I don't really didn't really have anything happen much. Just you know, not much to talk about, guys. Tisk tisk. Like my my one show's over with. Now this show's coming to a close next week. I don't know what to watch anymore. <laughs> well, listen, Stranger Things will be back this weekend. I haven't even watched the first part of the... The boy, the boys is going on. Mm. Yeah. I haven't never watched it. So you know what show I just started watching? And it's it's surprisingly good. Well, maybe it's not that surprising, but uh, Madam Secretary. That's a good show. Yeah, that's a good show. I'll add that to the list of things I probably won't ever watch that you guys talk about. Well done. Well done. Appreciate <laughs> yep, you for uh, that. Yeah, add to the list. Add to the list. <laughs> add to watch list. Never going to watch it. Well, well, how big is your watch list on Netflix? Like, How many things do you currently have on it, do you think? That's a fantastic question. <laughs> I don't know it's like it's like a crock pot with a watch list, you know, like you set it and you forget about it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, that sounds interesting. Add the list, and then yeah, you just forget about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the the broader question is, how big is your combined watch list between Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, Paramount Plus, CBS HBO, Plus, Discovery, HBO Max. yeah, HBO Max. <laughs> oh. We're we're now we're now paying combined for all these probably more than we used to just pay for normal cable packages. That's true. That's how they get you. That's right. And we don't even get a home phone anymore. So I think we're coming out less for it. Mm. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah, I was I was slightly traumatized with the uh, one of the most recent, actually the most recent episode of The Boys. Yeah. Is that the, the hero gas yep. episode? Yep. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Slightly traumatized by it. Only slightly. It's fine, though. If the name doesn't kind of... Anyway. Family show, gang. (laughs) (laughs) David's giving me a face, and I don't know what to do with it. Now I'm definitely wanting to watch it. Yeah. Mm. I mean, The Boys is a a good show. I like The Boys. It's just... It's got got Bradward Boimler on it. Yeah. 
He's like the main character. Yeah, his name's... Or one of them. Yeah, Huey. Good old Huey. More nodding of the head, because... Simon Pegg plays his dad. That's true. It's a Star Trek family. <laughs> Man, you're just selling it. Like, I'm just going to go totally watch that now. You should. <laughs> David. No. No, I'm not going to do it. No. It's hard. It's hard, guys. It's hard watching new shows for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's hard when, like, you can watch, like, the entire season in, like, a day or two. And then you have to wait a year or two years or three years for the next season. I'm looking at you, Sherlock. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. There was a rumor that they were going to, like, bring, that, like, Stephen Moffat and company were going to bring Sherlock back. I'm like, how? How are you going to bring that back when, like, your two stars are, like, mega celebrities now? Like, with, like, you know, um, Benedict being, like, Doctor Strange and all the things he's doing, like, with everything else. And then um, Martin Freeman, you know, doing his thing, like, with, like, The Hobbit and also with Marvel. I like I like her doing his thing. Uh, back to Benedict now. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing a well, thing. Well, hey, no, no. Uh, yeah, Martin Freeman was in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. yeah. He was. He was in Black Panther. Here's in, how you uh, do it, boys. You pay them lots and lots of money. What? What? Hey, if you really cared about your art, money wouldn't matter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you go down. All right. That was a good laugh. Thank you for that, Eric. <laughs> Oh. You've never heard that saying before? Not a single day of my life. <laughs> That's what we call a hard wink right there. For all you in listener land. Oh, man. Well, <clears throat> yeah, today, uh, the day that we're recording, was a doozy of a day for yours truly. Uh, I think I told you guys, I can't remember if I, I mentioned it on the show or not, but um, um, I was interviewing for um, a full-time position, um, a faculty position at a university, and uh, it was all-day interviews, pretty much. I mean, it was back-to-back-to-back, like, yeah, no lunch, no nothing. Like, I started at um, uh, 10 a.m. and didn't finish until about 4 p.m., went nonstop. It was great. But um, overall, I mean, it was... Um, I thought it was pretty positive, um, like hearing and like the, some of the conversations I had with like some of the VPs, like uh, especially the VP for um, academic affairs. It was um, it was really positive, and um, I'm sure you know Eric's had some kind of similar experience, having been part of a faculty himself. In in what goes on with that, at least. No, I'll tell you. Uh, for my interview at North Central Missouri College, the job I had before this one, I went there for like my the finalist interview right the full day interview and uh you know i had already had the zoom interview and i I did the whole thing we went out to lunch then i did the tour around campus then i did my teaching demo and then we went into like the formal sit down interview part with the committee and then afterwards the uh the chief of staff said hey let's we'll take you on a driving tour around like the town right and so I decided to leave my like my briefcase and stuff in the like the little 
entranceway to where the uh, you know the administration offices are instead of taking it with me. And when I came back, like the VP of academic affairs was in there and he looked at me and when he saw me when I came back and he like immediately looked away and looked up like to the ceiling, like he like couldn't look at me or couldn't make eye contact with me. And I was like, well, I don't think that's a good sign. <laughs> so, I mean, and me like, ooh, that's a nice ceiling. <laughs> oh, boy. I, so I had the whole like two hour drive home. I was like, well, I'm pretty sure I didn't get that job. Dang. <laughs> Dang. Well. Hey, you know, uh, my uh, <clears throat> my last interview process lasted a whole 15 minutes and I got the job because I'm cool. So, uh, yeah, you guys enjoy teaching and, uh, you know, doing that. I'm sure you guys will get much fulfillment out of teaching the youth of tomorrow who will replace you one day. Uh, but, you know, it's fine. I'll just sit over here and just not do that. Mm. Mm. <laughs> That's insane. A full day interview. You're getting lunch. You're you're meeting everybody on the that's that's like that's a lot that's yeah. a lot to do yeah yeah show me how you teach basically <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah like so I, I had to do the a provisional interview on monday which was like with the search committee or whatever and then they're like okay yeah um they call like they said we'll let you know like in 36 to 48 hours what we want to do so i'm thinking okay the interview probably won't be you know like the full day interview won't be until next week right 36 to 48 hours comes real quick apparently um because it was like not even the end of the day monday and they're like um yeah we want to move you forward and uh we're telling you now because you need to prepare a 20 minute teaching demonstration for thursday Cool. cool. <laughs> of course. Allow me to just whip that right out of my rear end. Huh? Which I did, by the way. <clears throat> you know, I just, I grabbed part of one of my lectures. I just kind of parsed it down and that was it. So it worked out, but still like just meant like trying, like researching the university and like all the people and you know trying to draw on things and familiar familiarize yourself with like the mission and like the university's educational philosophy and da, 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 da. it's 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 a lot it's a lot but overall it was like i said it was it was pretty positive and um i'm i'm hoping for um you know positive you know i guess response reaction from them in terms of like their their final decision so um they say it'll be you know middle of, the, of next week or whatever but you know if, it, if it's any indication like the 36 to 48 hours you know it could be tomorrow for all i know <laughs> <laughs> well either tomorrow or it'll be like a week just right to make you sweat yeah 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 man eric weren't you doing some interviewing at some point too oh yeah yeah i i'm getting a new job today, you know starting here in august and moving to a different school so Chase, you, like, uh, apply, I now understand applying and interviewing for a job like is a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay, here's your resume that you had to update, and then now you have to to like enter in all the things from your resume, and then you have to go back and 
enter in all your contact information for your references that you already have on your resume. Yeah. I don't know if you put them on your resume or not. They're like, God damn it, what was the address for this old business? <laughs> you go search, look that up. And like, it, man, it's exhausting. And then you got to put together a different teaching demo for each interview you do because they each give you a different topic. And, you know, you don't know what materials technology resources that are in the classroom so you got to prepare multiple different ways to present your teaching demo it is a job applying for a job yeah yeah oh i got, I got a new job is... I got, a, got a new job starting in august at a different school uh big pay increase so that's good too so how do you know we're not friends anymore, David? I, I'm, I'm interested. In that. I, I was I was just a sidebar with you. Me and Eric apparently aren't friends because I I knew nothing about that. Uh, he didn't inform me. Uh, all I knew is that he was interviewing, and then you know it's just his his life changes just aren't important enough to tell me. It's it's pretty sad. David, David, very sad. David, I made a pretty big life change yep. this weekend as well. Uh, here we go. That here I we go. Tell you about right. Okay, every hold on, Good. hold on, hold on, Eric, hold on. Everyone, this is your red alert. Red alarm. We are going into Eric's spoilerific territory right now. Okay. Red alert. That's right. Red alert. Go ahead, Eric. So it was my girlfriend's birthday this weekend. Um, and I I asked her to marry me. And she said yes. Wow. Very cool, man. Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I don't have a girlfriend anymore. I have a fiance. See, I respected yeah. that for you. See, I didn't even give it away. I said girlfriend on purpose. <laughs> oh man, but you know oh, she's great, right? We're we're happy. I love marriage. Love and marriage. Okay, but you know what, David. I don't know if they're like they're gonna like do like the the thing you know like the 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 wearing the suits and the stuff like that. So we're not even gonna be able to like stand up there with him where, when he says the funny words and you know smooches her. We're I mean we're probably not even gonna be where they're doing it. We're gonna be like watching like the live stream because that's how much Eric wow. likes us. Wow. Yeah, neither one of us wants to have an actual wedding. Fair enough. Right. I mean, you, you're saying you don't want to drop like. 60 to 100 grand on a hundred wedding and uh, <laughs> hey I, I, I've got I've got a friend who's currently already married and they're planning a 60 grand wedding to actually do it with their family is this like who I think it is they, they just they, they just got hitched you know That's and now they have this big hole to do it's like uh, I could figure out a few different ways to spend sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, like a down payment on a house for one. Yeah. <laughs> pay off so, your all your pay off all your debt. Yep. If you've got any. Wow. Wow. This is who I think it is, isn't it, David? No. Probably not. I don't know this person. No. No. Okay. no. D different ones. I mean, it can apply to about anybody. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> hey, some people like the big the big deals, man. But yeah. well, uh, David, do you have any red alert stuff you need to you know you want to you want to you want to say you want to spell you want to say nothing appropriate. Dang it! 
no, no red alerts uh, so far. Okay. We're good. We're clear. Don't even have to go on a yellow alert. Wow. Just... <laughs> wow. That's not indicative of anything at all. It's... <laughs> all right. Well, Eric, um, uh, we're, we're, we're very, very happy for you, dude. Like you and you and Raquel. Um, that's that's great, man. Like, I'm, we're really happy for you. Congratulations on, on y'all's engagement and your impending nuptials in the near, near-ish future. Thank you. Yeah, man. So that means um, if anyone is interested in um, becoming the new first officer, make sure you send in your application to trtvpod at gmail.com. <laughs> wow, you're just kicking him off? I you mean, can also send us some... his own ship, you know, this is... Well, you finally got married, so now it means you can have your own ship. I mean, you're like, what do we off. Spin off. Spin off. Spin off. You also sent us a voice only transmission. <laughs> All right. Well, this one's for you, Raquel. Let's go ahead and talk Trek. <laughs> this is your red alert. We are going into spoilerific territory as we talk about Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Season 1, Episode 9, All Those Who Wander. Alright, fellas, well, look, I'm really happy with this. You know, we we still got a log. We, we've, we're, we're 9 for 9 with these logs, even if they're not captain's logs. So let's go, somebody. Talk about yeah, consistency. But before we even get into it, like, previously on, sometimes yeah. things are like, spoilers and foreshadowing you don't even realize it <laughs> and yes. this one is like spot on <laughs> yeah yes such as the end only comes when you fulfilled your purpose as yeah. a belief oy vey oy vey so wait hold on you know like we constantly heard Hemmer um, like throughout this series by the way who's like asking mainly Uhura like what's your purpose so like is he trying to get her to figure out her purpose so that she dies mm -hmm. so. no I think he's I think you know we heard that she doesn't know if she wants to be in Starfleet right he's trying to get her to realize that that should be her purpose mm-hmm mm -hmm. right well yeah, we get we get a little quick little flashback with with Hemmer saying some stuff and Laan saying some stuff, and then we get a cadet's personal log who is reminiscing and thankful to be at the end of her training program essentially, and uh, we're having some breakfast in the in the captain's quarters, um, saying see you later and congratulations to um, um, both Ahura and I forgot the other one's name, um, who complete cadet. Gia or something like that. Yeah, that sounds hey, right. Hey, you, you, you remember Gia, right? You remember Chia, Chia, as in a Chia pet. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> right. And, and by the way, can we just stop uh, calling it the captain's quarters? This is clearly the captain's deck. This is just an entire deck. <laughs> I mean, it just keeps looking like it gets bigger to me, and he always has a fire, like. It's just such a swanky pad, man. Yeah. It's true. I actually really love it, to be honest with you, but it's just, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah, it is. 
it's it's really big. I mean, if you were Bone Kirk, man. (laughs) God. Uh, Well, I have an uncomfortable bed and a desk. Sweet. Yeah, it was the part of the refit that was done to the Enterprise. That uh, yeah, what a terrible <laughs> refit! <laughs> is, is that like Pike's parting joke or something? It's like, okay, Kirk, I brought her back in good condition, but we're gonna have a refit here, and we're <laughs> just gonna love it. What happened to the fireplace, Chris? Uh, I'm taking it with me. <laughs> oh. No, but like <laughs> that's fine. Like, <laughs> Uhura is getting her send off. Cadet Chia is getting her send off. You know, you've been good part of this crew. And, right. And, hey, you did your duty. And speaking of duty, other person we've never met before. <laughs> Come on, front here. center. <laughs> front and center. Come on. You are no uh, longer an ensign, but you are a lieutenant. Burr, 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 burr. It's, it's like. We have two people we've never met before. That's that not going like to end well for introducing at the beginning of this Seriously. episode, and we're saying good things yeah. about, like, yikes. This, in reality TV, this is what we call a visibility spike, right? <laughs> <laughs> right before somebody gets voted off, like, you start to see a lot more. <laughs> it's like, wait, wait a minute. Are they getting red shirts or... But then it's it's like remember in Discovery the, the robot lady Lieutenant Arium yeah right or Commander Arium's like we always saw her in the background we didn't know anything about her then all of a sudden one episode we get all this backstory and all this <laughs> character development yeah. you're like what is this oh I see what this is <laughs> bye bye <laughs> see you later. Like, this does not bode well for the two of these people at the mm. beginning of this episode. Just just a strictly, like, a writing standpoint question. Or, or maybe a feel of the show question. Because, like, they've all been, you know, pretty tight-knit. And now we're seeing a lot more people with a lot of top buns. But, hey, it's a style, I suppose. Um... <laughs> We're seeing a ton of people in here. Does it, maybe I'm just off, but did it feel at all like maybe it took a little bit away from like Uhura? Because to me, I was just kind of like, who are these two people and why do I care about them? When I've kind of made this connection with this current version of Uhura and so obviously has the captain and the rest of the crew too. Maybe I'm just being a little bit too, you know, I mean, I I hadn't even really thought of that. I just thought it was meant to just, you know, dig the knife in even more about her uncertainty, like just seeing the praise and the whatever, the development of these two other characters, uh, Ensign, or now Lieutenant Duke and um, Cadet Chia. And by the way, well, just another thing here. How did Duke even get promoted? He kind of sucks. It does. Like he, he's kind of he, he kind of sucks, man. It's the I feel enterprise. Like that was a practical joke by the writers. Like, oh, you want to be in Star Trek? Yes, I have a perfect part for you. Insert actor's name here. Mm. Yeah, but the other fun thing about this scene or interesting thing about this scene is 
we're officially in this timeline canonizing Uhura's first name, Nyota, right? Yep. We had it in the Kelvin timeline, but this is the first time we're hearing this at all in like our prime timeline. So this is this is now official canon. Nyota Uhura. Right. Um So What happens? There, there was like a little name drop, um, you know, as this kind of proceeds, um, of like a location, right? And I caught it right away. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, with K seven, right? Um, so, yeah, for for listeners that um, might not know about this. Um, this was a station that may or may not have made an original appearance in the original series. Those old scientists, you know. And uh, fellas, what what was the significance of K seven in the original series? It was the place that stored quadratriticaline and nothing else. No other significance. Grain stored the quadratriticaline. Well, I actually mentioned in two separate episodes because then we got it in uh, Deep Space Nine, too. That's true. From a different point of view. Yes. So this was... So K7 was the um, the trouble with Tribbles. So we, we had, like, the, the Tribble situation going on uh, when this particular station was involved uh, with, with Klingons and, like, what we, again, saw um, later on in Deep Space Nine, which was a rehash, like a re-edit of that... Um, for the, um, what would that have been, like the 30th anniversary special or celebration in 1996, I believe. Yeah, 30th anniversary. Yeah. So, yeah, um, you you see this this showing up um, then. So I, I enjoyed that little nugget, that little Easter egg, even though it was pretty overt for the most part. But, yeah, we're, we're supposed to be delivering some um, some um, hardware, some, some stuff along the way. We're on a priority mission and we get this hail saying that we essentially need to go investigate something. We need to divert, even though we're already on a priority mission, that this is new, a priority one mission, basically. And uh, uh, long story short, you know, Pike's like, let's get everyone together. Um, you're going to go over here. We're going to go down here. It'll be a fun little send off for me and the, the cadets and like a few other um, senior staff. So let's let's have at it. So we split yeah, the team I, up. I, I, hold on, hold on. I have like... If you're having a mission briefing about a priority one mission, you're already on a priority one mission, and now you have to go on another priority one mission, and you've got to divide the crew. Like, you don't do this over breakfast or while you're cleaning dishes. Like, this, like I know this scene was played for laughs, right? But, yeah, I have a problem with this. But, Eric, <laughs> it's the most wonderful quiche ever. <laughs> I wish you guys in Listenerland could see what David it's is the doing. Most wonderful quiche in existence. This is amazing. You're gonna want to try though the bacon and the waffles. <laughs> uh, which coincidentally, quiche and waffles? No. That no. sounds like a bad idea. It's a bad idea. But just one little nitpicky thing here. I assume you could explain this away, but what is with this like 
through the window sunlight thing going on here? Does he got like, he has like window filters to just project a nice sunny day in there for his little, little bachelor's pad, you know, nice little morning breakfast when they're actually in space. I guess so. That's the captain's deck, man. You can do whatever you want. (laughs) Okay. I, I don't know. But yeah. I actually did like this whole thing, though. I thought it was kind of fun. It, it's a little homey, you know, in its own way. But no, I, it was I, I, get, I get the briefing. You know, it's important missions, and it makes it kind of almost frivolous in a way, I suppose. But it <laughs> no, felt kind of neat. I love Captain Pike, the dad, though. He's like, he's like, I everyone pile into the station wagon, use the bathroom before we leave. The, the, I'm the not station turning this wagon. <laughs> I'm not turning this thing around. <laughs> like that's totally me when I'm on a road trip. I'm not stopping to use the bathroom. We're stopping to get gas. You better use the bathroom when we stop to get gas. It might be 400 miles in between stops, so you better go now. <laughs> Dang, you can you can get 400 miles out of a tank of gas. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've done that. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's all about having those those high high gas economy vehicles. Yeah. There may or may not have been a road trip with uh with someone that you and I mutually know, Eric, going uh, through Chicago during um, um, rush hour, and uh, someone really had to go, and all there were were two very large bottles of Gatorade that were empty. <laughs> And they may or may not have been filled up all the way by this person that we know. See, now now you gotta tell Raquel, it's like, look, you're missing all these gems once the red alert hits, you know? You're, <laughs> you're missing all these fantastic personal stories. And by the way, never accept Gatorade from Chase. <clears throat> oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there was a yellow kind. <laughs> Why is it orange? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna get some get the gang together, and we're gonna you know get into some a, a shuttlecraft, and we're gonna go down to this planet where there's um, a ship that's been down, and we have to investigate and, and do the thing down there, while the rest of the crew diverts, you know, drops the stuff off, and basically comes back. And. We find out that the the people that are going on this mission are pretty much all of the senior staff, which I have a problem with it being the entire senior staff, right? Like we have with the exception of uh, no, number one, you know, number one and your comm officer, basically. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we had we had um, number one and we had Mitchell that stayed behind, um, right? No. Ortega. Ortega, sorry. Yeah, we had, we had Ortega that stayed behind and whatnot. But still, like, we we had both of our uh, of our senior like medical staff that are on this mission. That's problematic to me. Yeah, that was a little odd. Like, why why are we taking our senior? What I'm assuming are our two senior most medical personnel from the Enterprise. Why why not like leave Mbanga on the ship or Chapel on the ship and just you know, be done with it type of thing, but whatever. And of course, yeah, Hammer. Even when, like, I don't feel like they both served the. Like, yeah, we got a moment within Bengo where he was like, 
don't talk to my daughter that way but like right what did he what else did he really add to this to this story on the planet like nothing really right oh, oh boys i got a i got a big gripe towards the end of this that happens to just include me- the medical side of this but i think it would have made made more sense to have just brought chapel because chapel advances another storyline we're doing here but I don't know. I mean, original series, darn near everybody went to, so. It is what it is. Yeah. So, anyway. So, yeah, we, we go down there. Uh, we, we land, and we're investigating, and we're not really picking up on life signs, and we basically go into the ship, see what's going on on the ship, and uh, we can't do anything with power like we can't do anything with the systems really we're just like relying on like the gizmos and the gadgets that we brought with us to try and take in information that's fine um so we we split up right first rule of a horror movie don't split up <laughs> uh, also just just real quick here uh on on who uh, came down you also have your chief engineer right and your science officer yeah and then you your like your two cadets and your new stuff. lieutenant, but then also you know you know um, Sam Kirk, you're like yeah. secondary science secondary science officer like right below Spock. I mean, hey, you know what? We don't need any science at K seven. Just take all the science with you, and your chief engineer, and your chief medical officer, and your captain, and your science. Yeah. The- <laughs> Do you think Spock might have been able to do at least some of the engineering? Maybe just leave Hemmer up there in the ship? Yeah. No, Hemmer needs to be on this planet. Oh, he needs to be. I wonder why. Because it's snowy. It's snowy. It's like Andoria. Reminds me of Andoria. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad someone's enjoying it. Okay, so at some point, I feel like there's going to be a um, like a director or a producer that's going to sue someone with how this story progresses. Um, so we, in in terms of scanning life forms, you know, the precious little life forms on this ship, um, we know there's a humanoid, and then there's some that just can't be figured out. So it's like again, we're splitting up. We're trying to restore power, restore systems see what we can do, like turn the nightlight on basically. Um, you know, so hem- leave Hammer alone. Let him go do his thing while we go investigate. And we find this blue fish thing that looks like it's straight out of Stargate the movie for Pete's sake. <laughs> um, yeah. But like even before we we split up and we we find the one human one human human and one humanoid of unknown, we, we bring up the captain's log, right? We're able to uh, access the information and we hear what happened and even and before this- that we see most if not all of the dead crew yeah in the snow just uh-huh. great just bloody handprints all over the place like red oh Rome. i feel safe in here <laughs> <laughs> yeah and this captain's like she's like we're charting unknown space and we picked up three uh Three refugees, a human, an unknown humanoid, and, and an Orion. And what we didn't know then, we didn't know then. <laughs> and 
and the you know if the Orion was infected with Gorn eggs, and if I had like if I could tell start and like he set off a bomb and that sent out an automatic distress call and but if I could communicate with Starfleet I would tell them don't send help like just leave us alone here right and at that point I'm thinking to myself all right mission's over pack it up let's go home <laughs> she literally said don't don't come and help us like yep. mission's over like I know they want to like retrieve the ship right that's part of their mission here you know salvage the ship whatever you can but I'm like listen this captain said we got Gorn don't show up to help us all right mission's over we're going home that's if I'm in charge of this the way mission that's what I'm doing have you ever seen have you there's been a meme I think it's been more recent but it was like how would a movie change, if, one particular movie change, if the characters thought logically and rationally about something? And it has the the thing about like Dumbledore and the Goblet of Fire and Harry being entered. It's like, oh, did you enter? No. Oh, well, then this must have been some kind of advanced magic. We're going to do everything we can to make sure that you don't compete because Voldemort just might be involved. Same thing. There's blood, there's arms, there's logs, there's all this stuff. Let's go home. Eric, thank you for thinking logically and rationally. Appreciate you, bud. The, the episode would be it's over like, in like 10 it's minutes. It's like in Avengers Age of Ultron, right? They defeated all their enemies, so they had to make their uh, make a new enemy. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so we're moving, and... Um, I'm, I'm going to say it just so David feels at home, but like we meet this, uh, we, we run into, we finally run into this unknown humanoid and the universal translator isn't working. Right. And I think it's Laon like just turns to Uhura is like, go translate, do your thing. And she's like, that's not how it works. And I just automatically thought of like Harrison Ford saying that in uh, force awakens, like that's not how the force works. Yeah. <laughs> Use the force. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. <laughs> it, well, yeah, it, it kind of does bring back a little bit of enterprise though with Hoshi. It's like Hoshi, like just, just do it. Figure it out. Use your adjectives. Come on, come on. Do some conjugations. Conjugations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Woo. Okay. So, am I the only one that was thinking, like, no, this dude's, like, definitely going to shoot you. Like, he's, like, this blue thing, this blue thing is going to shoot you. Like, why why are you doing this? The most logical thing to do is to just put your guns on the floor, though, Chase. We're, n- we're not a threat. Know. We're not a threat. We can walk by board drones because we're not a threat. We can walk by this guy because we're not a threat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Raquel, you're missing out on some gold right now with conversations, man. I'm just saying. Just saying. <sighs> All right. Well, I think we got we got to like maybe make this move a little bit faster, right? So we we find we find this little girl that this alien thing is like newt her name is newt scamanda newt scamanda no no she a wizard no i was just okay queen jeez come on 
I was talking about Newt from Aliens, right? The little girl they meet in Aliens. Okay, all right. Uh, her name's okay. Newt. Oh, yeah. Mostly they come at night. Mostly. <laughs> How'd they go again, Eric? That's what she said. Can you say it again? <laughs> Another one. <laughs> Mostly they come at night. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so we're we're a wandering and we're we're hearing things and there's stuff happening and we we eventually, I'm probably skipping a little bit, but we eventually make our way to um, the uh, this the the USS uh, uh, Peregrine. I believe, or right, Peregrine. Um, we we eventually make our way to Sick Bay, and uh, again we're hearing some like noises, and we're starting to get like slowly get power, you know, restored, kind of like parallel with like what the, how the story's moving. Um, but before it's like Dukes burns himself. Yep, in a Jeffrey's tube. You know, what a guy. Good job, Lieutenant Duke. Okay, but like I, I, I like okay, so we we bring this unknown alien. And this this human girl back to sick bay. We do, and we already know that there's Gorn out there potentially, and Gorn lay lay eggs inside of these people. And Laan storms in. She's like, "Are they infected? Are they infected?" It's like, well, we scan them. We don't see anything. But literally, you already heard on the captains of this ship, a captain of the Peregrine, say, yeah. "Our biofilters didn't detect them." So why don't you put these two people inside a quarantine bubble? Like, put them behind a force field. You don't know. Like, <laughs> you like, don't take know. Some, take some you safety don't... precautions here, Doctor Mbenga. You don't like, know. This is. This you don't is know. Like, like, put some. Put some. Like, the least you can do is put them behind a force field. Like, you don't. Like. You don't know. Right? You don't Quick. know. Quick, Nurse Chapel. Get my chemistry set. Too loud. Too loud. Tone it down some. I'm not being I'm not being unrealistic here, am I? No, David is with how loud he's being. (laughs) Quieter, please. Get my chemistry set up. Take some safety precautions. We already saw him. He didn't take safety precautions last week when he was doing his experiment. Didn't even wear a face mask, man. Mm -mm. Or eye protection. You don't need (laughs) it. Look. Are, 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 you, are you guys cool with the with the infection stuff though like are, are we are we just fine with I don't know viral vein egg laying that's we can do nothing about like are we cool with that or because I mean, I'm not cool with it personally really like really difficult to stop like is this the only way and really easy for them all they have to do is like spit some acid and they can reproduce and yeah. that's it like it yeah. seems really quick but is this the only way that the gorn can reproduce is by hawking a loogie at someone apparently i mean they have to lay eggs they're reptiles right yeah but they like hatch out of eggs <laughs> well i mean <laughs> sure some mortal combat music chase Reptile. Sorry, I'm done. You're not. You're not sorry. Well, I'm not, but I am done. <laughs> um, but like, okay, like I know I said like Hakalugi, but and like, yeah, like spit something out, and like it looks like acid or whatever. But yeah, it's like them 
you know, laying their eggs. But in all seriousness, though, like, is that the, like, what we're getting in terms of, like, how they reproduce? Like, does it have to be, like, on another living organism? I guess that's what I'm getting at. Like, or can it just be, like, in their nest, you know, or in their hut, you know, back on their their, their home planet, their, their right. colony or whatever? Can they just lay an egg themselves? Right. Or does it have to, like, be like the alien xenomorph where it face hugs you, lays an egg, and then chest right. bursts? Well, I, th- I think the the only thing is, is that, so one, it's, it's an incubation method, effectively. And it seems like while they are young, they are so overly aggressive and so forth. So are... Look, the the only Gorn we really ever got was with Kirk, a slow-moving guy in a lizard costume throwing rocks, right? So if we're seemingly we're reimagining the Gorn at this point, is the entire species so overly aggressive that that sort of, I I don't want to say nurturing, but that, that sort of basic function of life, is it, is it all that, I don't know, inbred in them to, to have the supposed in quotations tenderness to take care of an egg in a nest. Like, do they have that? Because it just seems like they're building the species up to be this ultra violent, almost solely animalistic thing. Yeah. And and that's, and that's, that's difficult for me to reconcile with what we know of the Gorn. Like specifically when you think of the Gorn from the episode of arena, captain Kirk is like, yes, this is a reptile. And like most humans, I have an aversion to reptiles, but I have to understand this is the captain of a starship. Mm-hmm. Like he's like an intelligent, cunning, yeah. you know, sentient being. And like what we see here, when we finally see like a Gorn, which we is still not an adult Gorn, right? It's still like a, but it's grown fast. Doesn't look like an intelligent you know, being. It just looks like an animal. This doesn't look like something that's capable of operating a starship or building a spacefaring civilization. Well, neither does a human baby, right? A human baby's not capable of, of operating a car, let alone a, a starship. But, like, with time and maturation and knowledge, of course it'll be able to. I mean, we're talking about, like, advanced growth, so we don't know, like, what the lifespan... I mean, it could be, like, an Ocampa, for instance. Like, it could be, like, the lifespan, like, it's it's quick. Like, they look like a 20-year-old when they're, like, two years old, for all we know. Okay, that's fair enough. I don't know, I just had... To to me, this, this portrayal of the Gorn that we see here, to me, is just not consistent with the with what I know of the Gorn from what we've seen in the past. Well, think about this too. So their maturation cycle is effectively to, to root out the alpha. They affect, there were four in this litter, one of which is instantly taken out. So if you're building an entire civilization of alphas, see that leads into it. Like, is there maturation to a certain point where they're just like, oh, well, I am an alpha, but I do not feel like killing my other alphas. We're going to work together to make spaceships and spit our goo on more people around the galaxy. <laughs> y- y- you know what I mean? Because again, what we're seeing here is is just pure animal. And 
we're told that they're hyper intelligent. Le- Leon is saying that they're hyper intelligent even when they're young, but like they're all they're doing is just killing. So how did this species go from this to having ships and tactics and a civilization and space flight? Like space flight would be unless they stole it, right? They'd have to have scientists. So I don't necessarily know if this, and I'm just going to say it, this alien ripoff thing is doing a service necessarily to the Gorn as a whole, unless we explain more of it, which I guess we probably will, hopefully. (laughs) Sure. There's a thought that's coming to mind, but I don't know how well it's coming together. Um, I'm just thinking, like, when you're... Okay, these thing, these things are essentially caged animals, right? I think we can agree with that for the most part. Um, I mean, they are stuck on a spaceship, stuck inside human, human or creatures, other creatures, to be able to grow. And they have to stay away from cold things um, in order to survive. Well, they are, they are trapped by the elements and by the um, environmental controls, um, you know, and, and what the settings are in different parts of the ship. So if you're a caged animal and you're, just go with me for a second, if you're being poked and prodded and you're, you're constantly irritable, you're not so much concerned about self-actualization of being able to do what you dream of doing and exploring the stars and expanding your territory. It's survival. It's meeting your basic needs. Yeah, I suppose. That's all I got. Well, okay, but to talk about hyperintelligence, so the Gorn that took out the crew, we learn were lured out into the elements by the crew of the Peregrine. Now the crew also died. We don't have any survivors. So the Gorn were lured out there into the cold. Like kind of seems like we're calling them smart, but they're actually kind of dumb. So again, that, that, that just kind of piles on to just being overly animalistic and overly aggressive. When you think, if you think about it, if they had hyperintelligence and maybe so, let's say genetic memory, perhaps, sure. they have a ship. You know what I mean? They've got a ship. So if you're that smart, fix the ship and go out and do Gorn stuff. You know, play some Kansas and ride on through the stars, you know? It'll be Let's fun. Let's go. Let's go. Just a bunch of Gorn teenagers wearing Leonard Skinner shirts. I don't know, Let's man. go. <laughs> Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm as free as a bird. I'm not going back home. We're going to go fly this ship around a little bit. All right, all right. <laughs> no, I don't know how Gorn talk. That's exactly how they talk, David. With a little okay. bit of a... When they say it. Oh, and by the way, first Chia Ensign didn't last very long. No. What a what a cop out, man! You're doing all this fun stuff in the beginning, and it (laughs) so much for her. Chia. No. 
No, sorry. Okay, well, I think we got we got to move this along a little bit. So, Chapel is examining some stuff right on this blue alien thing. It's veiny and whatnot, and the the little girl she knows what's about to happen, and so she goes and hides, covers her what her mouth I think and is trying to be quiet. So I guess it doesn't attract like the little Gorn baby hatchling things. And um, there's chapels hiding, and that's when we later find out that the alien is now also the predator in terms of how it sees things with heat, like thermal vision type of thing, I guess. I don't know. Um, kind of fast forwarding a little bit more running more hiding and we eventually are figuring out like this is what these things do and uh, we see Hammer get sprayed with some goop and we got to figure out how to stop these things so we, we, we regroup in sick bay and we have a meeting and we talk about it around a table Eric yeah but first of all like we have you know Sam Kirk going off on on Spock like yeah. you're just a computer like yeah I haven't heard that before yeah and then and then like Pike Pike is such a pragmatist here he's like listen we got lots of problems, but we got to deal with the problem now, right? <laughs> right. Let's deal with the problem now. Let's come up with a plan. Like, Gorn are afraid of cold. If we can, you know, herd them to where we want, right, using cold, we can trap them, we can kill them. Hey, this sounds like a plan. Let's do this now. Let's get to it. Right. And we have to use ourselves as bait, right, because they're going to see us as well, and we're going to lure them with cold. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're pushing them. We can control the thing, and that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna push them to where we want them, so we can control the situation outright. So um, we we essentially try and enact the plan, and there may or may not be some uh, some coolers involved that we may or may not be hopping into. Um, so or you know not necessarily coolers, but just like boxes that we hop into, um, and there may or may not be a chase that's going to be involved. And, uh, yeah, fun times. A little bit of shoosting. It'll be great. Great. So, um, and, and was it George is just loving the fact that, you know, we're going to be bait. Just loving that idea so much. So, who do we send to, uh, to start drawing them? Cadet Uhura. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, let's let the person, let's let the cadet... The one who has the least experience and the least training, the one who's a linguist. Let's make her the bait. Yep. yep. Red shirt. <laughs> yeah, she's wearing a red shirt. It's like, oh, so your other cadet friend and the new lieutenant have, um, <clears throat> so we're going to need you to be first bait. <laughs> we also get angry Spock. Yeah. Which it well, seems we, like it we seems knew like this was going to happen, right? We knew going into the show that we, like we had heard this is going to be a Spock who's like more in touch with his emotions than than the Spock from the original series. Which is interesting because this comes before that. But what do I know? <laughs> yeah, man, what do you know? <laughs> Not much. Okay, at least you know, and knowing is half the battle. Say it say it. No, I'm good. I'm good. Let's just move on. Fine. 
All right, so the chase ensues, and we have we have the little baby Gorn, and we're we're running through corridors, we're we're fumbling fumbling it to where we want it, um, and we manage to close one door, and and then we eventually get like, you know, we we make our way to I think it's like engineering is where like these boxes are, where like the the blast of cold air happens, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it wasn't it like a bay i think it was a shuttle bay wasn't it it looked like an engineering but it could have been shuttle bay for all i know um i I think it was a shuttle bay because of the basically towards the end of this what happens yes well done well done on dive yeah i'm free okay um so yeah we uh we have um laon who's now drawing this gorn out um of hiding and um, th- these boxes have been prepped. We've been like messing with thermals and all this stuff all over the ship. And La'an finally brings this Gorn into the shuttle bay, whatever. And very quickly and with expert precision, jumps up and down into this box, which was pretty dope, by the way. Like she's doing CrossFit, like I swear. Um, like those are some good box jumps, I'm just saying. And um, yelling at Hammer, like to go ahead and pull the thing. And like we go and basically go nitro on this freaking Gorn uh, while it's like smashing and spitting away which were there babies like was, was could there have been a baby Gorn that could have been on top of that box after the sh- the, the spitting happened we're back to this I think, conversation I don't think it would have been incubated so no okay. yes who knows and um, and then La'an finally comes out which I was surprised like, look, if it's, like, that cold, like, that it's it can freeze a living organism like a Gorn, how did she just so easily just crack open that case that was, like, f- literally, like, frozen shut? Like, it, it was just so simple, like, boop, I'm, I'm out. Like, I would have thought it would have been a lot more challenging to open up. Maybe I'm overthinking this, guys. Yes. Thank you for that. Um, well, and then she goes, bananas just bananas like and smashes this thing and there's yellow pebbles that come out of it and then we start to get to what the emotional the super emotional part of our episode like these last what five ten minutes basically of realizing that oh shoot hammer you're about to be a daddy kind of you're you're gonna die, but they're going to be Gorn babies to take your place. I'm dying, but let me make a speech. Oh wait, I'm dying, but let me make a, a little bit more of a speech. What's your purpose? You know what my purpose is? Stuff. Look, I, I just I want to throw this in here. I I didn't really enjoy this uh, at all. Uh, I thought Hammer's speech was fine. Like, I, you know, making a connection to Ahura, um, you know, kind of setting the seed for her to stay in Starfleet. Uh, you know, hey, continue to make friends. You know, love is great. Your capacity to love goes up, blah, blah, blah. But, like, when did we get to the point where we stopped figuring out how to save people? When did we stop... Uh, figuring out how to use science like did we have to spoiler alert just 
swan dive hammer off of the back of this ship and then show it like did we did we necessarily have to do that like wouldn't it have been more potentially uplifting if like maybe mbanga who came along for whatever reason like was like by the way i think i figured out a way to scan this so that we can figure out how to carry you or something still- like that or or mbanga comes along and says I'll store you in the transporter buffer oh, until, yeah. <laughs> until I can like figure out a way. Like Come you on. were you were building up that story and now <sighs> your transporter buffer is free. Let's store Hammer in there for a I while until we that. can figure something out and you can do it indefinitely. Guys. Now I'm even more annoyed. <laughs> I, I I have question. I have question. Uh, you're the boss, Chase. You don't have to raise your hand. Too late, okay? <laughs> Too freaking late. So if if we can use the transporter to fill, you know, to to do like biofiltration stuff, couldn't we just get like a little sample of like the spit that the Gorn are are, are shooting, or you know, just like something like some kind of DNA sample of the Gorn? Because like we have we have it right. We have we literally have it on ice. Couldn't we have done something with that and like uploaded that into the transporter and filtered out any Gorn DNA that would have been in someone? Yeah, now we've got a sample of it, right? It's not like, oh, some unknown thing that happened back in, like, episode three, right? Now we've got it. Now we know what we're looking for. Yeah. but It's, it a, it's, seems, a, it's a huge scientific miss. It seems so fatalist. Like, they're just like, yep, he's, you know, there's nothing we can do. Can't save him. Why are nothing. we killing just, the blind guy? I, there, I said it. But, like, I mean, like... It's not just we're killing the blind guy. We're killing the only alien that actually looks alien, right? Mm. You know, like, hey, this was supposed to be about representation, too, because here we have an Enar who's blind. He's played by a blind actor. We're getting more opportunities. And now... Was the actor actually blind? Yes. Oh, yeah, yes. Wow. Yeah. No no way. I did not actually know that. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just... It's so fatalistic. It's like we're not even going to try to save him. We're just going to be like, nothing we can do. Just you got to commit suicide. Like, I know you're, you know, you're trying to make a sacrifice. You're trying to make it emotional. But, yeah, it definitely is a big science miss. Yeah, I I think they focus. And it doesn't fit. like, Like, Star Trek is supposed to be uplifting. We're supposed to be able to solve our problems through science and technology and medicine. Right, not just say nothing we can do. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to like continue to be negative, but I, it feels like we spent so much time trying to make, you know, a, a, a mini screen old blockbuster instead of doing what Star Trek does. This is like the first time that I'm like, I don't need you to pay homage to something that I do not care about when I am watching Star Trek. Another thing I had a problem with was just all this like blood everywhere and the blood splatter and everything. Like, obviously it's gonna happen, I get it. But uh, honest question, Chase, would you show this episode to your daughter? Thousand percent no. Absolutely. And and that's, that's what bothers me because like I remember being a, a young kid in the the you know mid early mid 90s watching track on television and just having a great time with it and there were heavy themes in in the original series and then in the in the next generation there were things that were scary 
conspiracy. I'm but, looking at you. Okay, yeah, but but let me let me run that same question back to you, you David and you Chase. Would you let your child watch Memento Mori? Yes. Another Gorn episode. You would. Okay. Yeah, because it's the it, it's your imagination is the thing that's like doing the most to you compared to the overt stuff. Like you have like like what? 10 seconds of blood for the most part in that episode right whenever they're like in the cave compared to this where you have like the gruesome horror vibe stuff all over the place it's so overt compared to um, the earlier episode with the Gorn okay I don't know what do you, what do you think about that David well here, here's the thing I understand maybe wanting to do a little bit more adult adult Star Trek here that's cool I get it um, but I do agree that like there are certainly instances of where you can do enough horror wise with the psychological aspect of it. I remember watching, um, uh, shoot. What was the episode where the, the eyes in the dark and you have Deanna Troy just flying through the nether world. Oh, uh, night terrors. Night terrors. Yeah. Yeah. That scared the crap out of me. Like it was, it was actually pretty scary, but there, there wasn't necessarily an overt thing. And then there was a, there was an ending to it. There was an actual reason why this was happening. It was a psychic thing. I, I, I don't know, man. I, it just, it just feels like, uh, man, I've had such a great ride along, and it felt kind of original in a lot of ways. And then we got an episode of Alien. I just don't know. I, it just, it was weird, weird to me. Sure. Not saying it was bad. It was just weird. But I mean, also like Hammer, I feel like, you know, they're trying to give him this big send off like, and, and they were trying to make it emotional, but he's a character that he never got his own episode. Right. Where it was never like, this is the yeah. Hammer episode. Right. There, he wasn't in the first episode, like at all, except for like he beamed on at the end of the first episode. And then there were like at least two episodes after that, he just wasn't in it all either. Yeah. And so it's like he was a very underserved character. Yeah, I was and thinking I, the I same thing. I don't know if this moment is, is earned as much as the writers and producers hoped it was because we yeah. just, I don't feel like we knew Hammer enough. So, like, it was, to me, it was... It did like have like a, 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 um, an emotional reaction, but I don't think it was the one that they were the, the writers were going for. Like for me, it was kind of like what you're saying, you know, like we barely knew this character. Like we like we're this is the ninth episode, and I think we've had like four, five episodes with him, maybe, right? And I think the the general like feeling that I had was like gypped. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like we all, we only had four. We, we, we have like ba half of a season with with this dude. That's it, yeah. and we're already killing him off. Like, I want to know more about this guy. I want to know more about Hammer and like, you know, what made him such a great engineer compared to you know the Scotties and the Lef the LaForges and et cetera, et cetera. Like, I'm inundated. Like, I love Scotty, but like. Please don't bring Scotty on in the next episode or next season. Please don't. Oh, you know. I know they will. Well, he you, could be. He could know. be junior engineering officer Montgomery Scott, like Lieutenant <laughs> you know J, what's Lieutenant, up. J, Lieutenant JG Scott. 
You know that's what's happening, man. But anyway, also, like, I like, I, I feel like you're, you know that reaction. Like, are you kidding me? They did this. Like, are you like, like I didn't know enough. But I also think the writers maybe are trying to say, well, our characters don't have plot armor. You know, if we can kill off this guy, one of our main, one of our senior staff, one of our main characters, people don't have plot armor because we know where Pike ends up, right? We know where Spock ends up. We know where Uhura ends up. Like those characters have plot armor, right? Like mm-hmm. we don't know anything about Una. She she doesn't necessarily have plot armor, right? Um, Laan, I'm assuming that like you don't name someone Noonien Singh and don't give us more about that. So I'm assuming yeah. she's going to have some serious plot armor until they do something with that. Like Novice or, or, or not Novice. That's her. That's the actress's name, right? Ortega. You know, we don't know anything about her. So potentially she's up for being killed off. And I think that maybe the writers and producers are like, characters don't have plot armor here. Things could happen to them. Yeah, but we normally wind up historically in television, wind up killing off a main character, in quotations, main character, when a season's getting stale. You know, when a series is getting stale. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. I'm just saying that's the historic thing that happens. And you killed off your chief engineer in the first season. It wasn't even the end. Like we're not even on the final episode. Although and you this already certainly felt like the final episode. Right, I it sent, could have absolutely <laughs> been. Yeah, I sent the text to you guys. Right, like let me let me yeah. just bring bring the the audience. Right, let me bring the listeners into the room for a second. So, I finished watching this and I send a text out to the gents and I was like, wait a sec, this wasn't the season finale, was it? We're still getting an episode ten, right? Like this a thousand percent felt like this should have been like a season finale with how it ends, especially with Hammer and Laon. So it hit all the emotional beats of like of a finale. Now yeah, now wait a year for the next yeah. episode. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna like I really hope that Laon isn't in the next one because like that's gonna be doing the character dirty like from a development standpoint if they just say, I'm going away to help this chick find someone because I wanted that to be done for me. Like, don't don't bring her back. Like, bring her back maybe, like, first or second episode of season two if you're going to. But, like, don't bring her back for the, the season finale for season one. Please don't. Um, so I guess that brings us to kind of where we're at. You know, like, we... Hammer, Hammer swan dives with Gorneggs and him off the back. I like that. By the, I, I think I said it. I hate, I hate that. Sure. There, it's, it's completely it, unneeded. Sure. But we we were able to get the Peregrine out somehow. Cool. Sweet. Uh, without our chief engineer to do something to propel it up out the snow and the ice and stuff. Gravity's a thing, gang. Gravity's a thing. Just Tractor saying. Beams. Tractor beams. Tractor beams. Yeah. They weren't getting off there with that walking to sell, so... No, they weren't. Or that deflector dish, by any means. Um, so, yeah, we have, like, 
more of you know a, a memorial for these three uh, these three crewmen, like with, with Hemmer smiling, which is creepy, by the way. <laughs> Great picture. Oh my gosh, was that creepy? So, him, Chia, and Duke, right? And uh, we we basically say like have um, Pike. We have Pike and Laan meeting, and Laan saying, "I'm out of here. I need like extended leave. If not, then just." You know, let me resign and we'll call it a day, t- sort of thing. And from there, it's like, don't fight she's, me. She's, yeah, don't. she says, thank you, Chris, for everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's basically it for Laon. And then the next thing we see is we're making our way to the bridge. And, you know, I'm. The, the way this shot was, now call me crazy, but the way this shot was, like with the camera behind Uhura in the turbo lift. I was fully expecting when the camera pans around on her, I expected to see like a regular Delta on her uniform and her having been promoted to Ensign, the way that shot was framed. But no, she still has her cadet thing and she's like looking so, what, emotionally at the console? it's, It's like, you know, I'm home. I found a purpose and, you know, Hammer taught me and showed me that this is my calling and this is where I need to be and that I'm home. And she was, like, looking at the bridge, like, lovingly, in a sense. And that's it. Well, it's not it. It should be Because it. you also have Spock and Christine. But that should be it. Corridor. That should yeah, be we it. Haven't, we haven't talked about that, like, at all this episode. <sighs> so much tension. Okay. So much tension. So instead of doing a mind meld back on this little graveyard ship, ship, we do a um, a Vulcan chant thing to you know let the bodies hit the floor and go all rage. <laughs> okay. For real though, <laughs> I gotta exercise the demons. Gotta let them out. Have them play a little bit. You know what I'm saying? That'd be great. Something inside of me was let out. Was it gas, Spock? Was it gas? (laughs) So yeah, he can't he he let something out that he can't control, and it's it's his emotions, basically, and he leaves the memorial backtracking a little bit, and he punches a wall and you think he's about to like snap Chapel's arm with like how he grabs it whenever she's trying to stop him and like it looks like they're about to have a little smoochy smooch like oh my oh my no no smoochy smooch no smooches just long hugs okay is that it we can call it after that right please tell me we can call it no I mean she says he says like I've let my emotions out or something I can't control it and she's exactly. like that's human yeah. <sighs> okay that's it we're moving on that's it. we're moving on let's get moving to the evaluation piece alright gang uh, as we move into this as we start evaluating the episode because it's been for freaking ever uh, we're going to talk about the Delta and how the different div- divisions of Starfleet service were uh, represented, whether it's uh, with uh, command and looking at leadership, leadership theory, and other command decisions. 
um, science, which is, well, science. And then finally, operations, looking at like logistics, operations, tactical, engineering, things of that nature. So um, with that, David, what do you think? Uh, so I, I think from a command standpoint, you know, Pike was able to keep pretty level-headed through out this whole alien movie that he was in um constantly kind of reinforcing making a plan we will get through this uh, so i i think that that's still obviously very strong here um i think uh there's even a little bit of command from a sense of self-governance i suppose from from lay on here when you know we're trying to formulate this plan on on the peregrine she's like i want to kill him i want to kill him but you know she kind of comes back and and helps affect this this whole plan that comes forward and while that is more personal than say the command of others the command of self is also i think important then we also kind of saw the loss of command of self with Spock. So that's not good. Um, but, you know, Pike continues to kind of carry the category uh, because he still holds the crew together. And I even like the part in his, you know, captain's deck where, you know, he's creating the sense of family that, uh, that Discovery never could. So I still think that that's going pretty strong engineering i mean you know hemmer was able to get this seemingly dead ship back up and running with the help of ohura who um you know is displaying more of what she learned throughout her rotational stuff and even sort of the 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 organization of the whole plan on the peregrine to fluctuate the uh the temperatures uh to drive our Gorn to where they needed to be, uh, spout off some cold gas, whatever they choose to call that, uh, to finally kill off the last Gorn. I think that's all uh, technically well there. So I think the engineering is is fine. Operations engineering side of things is 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 there. The science is where I have an issue because we didn't really use any science. You know, we were baffled uh, around every corner by a biological. And while we've certainly seen things tricked biofilters before, uh, you know, we have medical problems and all this, we usually try and find a solution to it. Right. And that is what gives Star Trek its it's it's hope and and it's advancement through science and that's that's a good thing we didn't do that we just killed off a character when we could have used science to potentially save them it's it's a gripe i have so i don't really think i can give science out here because i just i don't see it so uh command operations good science no bueno roger that go ahead eric how about you man I mean, I think I'm right there with David. I think, you know, Captain Pike, you know, has has a cool head here. He's 
He's the forever pragmatist. You know, we have a problem to solve. We're going to come together. We're going to figure it out. And I'm going to let my people come up with ideas. Like, that's my command style that's been on full display here in this episode, here through the entire season. He's got just a way of, like, calming people down when when people get hot, right? Um, And he does that really well here, really effectively, you know, and then... And I think there's even some, like, La'an is learning. Like David said, like, there's the self-control. Like, I want to kill, like, Pike's like, La'an, what do you want to do? She's like, I want to kill them. But this is like, now she's learning and she's growing. And this is part of Pike teaching her. Like, but I'll settle for not doing that. Like, you know. And so I think I'm, I'm, like, command, I feel like, is is absolutely here. Um, Yeah, we're, we're using our knowledge of technology and engineering to flush the Gorn to where we want, right? So I'm all there with engineering, but like yeah, the sciences, like this is two weeks in a row, like I've had issues with the medical sciences specifically, like why is Dr. Mbenga not wearing doing using protection when he's doing his science? Why are we not putting these people behind some kind of medical quarantine? Like why did we not even try, hey, let's store Hemmer in the transporter buffer, right? Let's use the magic of science, like Hemmer said last week. We didn't do any of that. And yeah, I mean, science is definitely missing here. And when, like, you think back to the Memento Mori episode, the other Gorn episode, yeah, that, that was an action episode, right? But they got out of the situation through science, right? They didn't get out of that situation by fighting their way out. Right, they got out of it by sciencing their way, and so yeah, I think I think science is definitely missing here. Let me let me ask you this: like, I'm not necessarily saying it's it's there, but do you think there was a glimmer? And this is like going into my my delta, by the way. Uh, like whenever we're in sick bay with the blue alien thing and the girl, and we have the the pad, and we're trying to make sense of of this stuff, like. Do, do you think that there's anything there, like, even with the scans and, like, despite best efforts, like, we're still not able to detect stuff? Like, is there anything there well, that, with, well, like, that redeems it? Isn't, isn't science the searching for knowledge and the conclusions you build, whereas sure. they're scanning? That's using technology. So it's not necessarily using science. It's using the computer to try and come to some sort of conclusion within they didn't actually fix anything they just used a scanner to gain data so i guess i guess science is also potentially the pursuit of data as well but i don't know because like we we have a different points where we're we're looking at um uh i'm gonna need help on this one but we we basically have like i think it's like about six different things like in like these different squares on the screen, right? Um, that we're looking at. I think it's like organic stuff. So we are trying to make sense of like what we're dealing with so that we can arrive at conclusions. Now, am I saying it's done well, that it's executed perfectly? No, but I think we have a glimmer of, of an attempt despite like everything that's against us uh, from, from a, a science perspective. Like we have to have like we're we're pursuing this knowledge, right? We're pursuing something based on what we can get our hands on. Um, it's it's a crash ship with with its own problems. So, um, 
that that's the only thing. Um, I think there might be something there, but I'm not completely on board with giving a science away. But I think it's there's some semblance of it there. But the rest of it, like I, I agree 100 percent with. Like Pike, Pike continues to just be amazing as far as I'm concerned as a captain and as a leader um, in whatever situation he finds himself in. Um, and then of course, like with everything we see, like with with tech and uh, communications and you know Hammer just flip being able to like just do the thing like just so well and then him have the end that he has so anyway guys let's move into our numerical rating where we um, go on a scale of 1 to 10 1 being a dumpster fire 10 being absolutely amazing Eric we're going in reverse order how would you rate this episode this is not a bad episode by any stretch of the imagination it's it's well made I will say that from a technical person from a directing perspective there are a little bit too much many dutch angles for me i don't know if anybody else i noticed that thought some of those. <laughs> i'm like why do we gotta tilt the camera like ah, it's fine but i thought it was directed well the sets look the sets look good the cinematography with the lighting so it had a very cinematic quality to it um it is it's a blatant ripoff of, of alien like it really is i love alien alien is an amazing movie but this is like a blatant ripoff of that and like i crushed discovery in season like three for basically blatantly ripping off the running man there was that one episode yeah. where like it was a blatant ripoff of the running man um so like i cannot like that's gonna knock this down for me because like as much as interesting as the story is we you know we're we're reading this new villain the gorn and we're basically reinventing the gorn from what they were before like that's gonna knock this down but like i enjoyed watching it it's it's nowhere near as good as the other gorn episode this season which is probably i think is gonna stand as the best episode of this show for a long time but like it's not a bad episode um I think I'm going to give it an eight because I did enjoy it. And I think it is well made. Okay. Eric's giving it an eight. How about you, David? I don't even know where to begin. Mm. Oh boy. Um, okay. Eric Norman, when you, when you swing the hammer, the hammer comes down hard. So <laughs> allow me, allow me the hammer. Okay. So that I might swing this, is this that hammer down a bit. The hammer um, or the hammer? Well, I mean, I, I guess I could also use the hammer as a hammer mm. to hammer the hammer. But anyway, um, man, I, I look, as cinematic as a thing can be, I've seen a lot of great cinematic things that have sucked. <laughs> like the, 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 the making of this has been spot on from the beginning. Like it's a beautiful series. I've never once thought, man, this looks cheap or, or something like, like I said uh, with a couple of episodes of discovery. Um, that's, that's a little bit beside the point. I think that this episode, like for me, misses the mark as far as, 
a Star Trek and maybe it's the Star Trek that I want to see. So I do want to step back a little bit and not be hypercritical. But at the same token, the fundamental, I don't know, the fundamental idealism of Star Trek has always been hope and science and overcoming adversity and finding a way. And we didn't really do that here. You killed off of a, a character for what felt like a bookend to another character's storyline. I don't need that. I, I, I don't need you to just sacrifice a character for the sake of another one. Write better. So I, I, I just... And, and some of the gratuity was a little a little bit much. I don't want to go crazy because I've watched some pretty gratuitous stuff. Violence. But the swan dive was stupid. It was a bad decision. It was stupid. It's like, hey, throw a dummy out of a, you know, and just let, watch it ragdoll. No, it's dumb. <laughs> well, and then even, well, anyway, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with that. But, um, like, I, I love the crew. I think you have a, a really well-developed crew. I think that there is so much more you could have done with this. But then the other thing, too, you act like you cut off the season. You still have one more episode. What what are we going to do from here? Like, seems like you bookended something. So aside from maybe just doing another rando, uh, what, like a... a, a uh, an arc for next season like we leave on a cliffhanger is that is that what we're gonna do for this season i i hope they leave on uh, a more positive note than than this um so it's not one that i would particularly wish to go back and see there were so many good episodes especially at the the beginning and in the middle of this season that just resonated so well like how many times were we like man it hit on all cylinders Oh, it's so good. Blah, 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 blah. Can't say that about this. So to to that end, I don't think that I'm I'm striking the hammer crazy hard here, like the way I was sort of originally thinking about it. So I, I'm going to go with a 7.2 on this. It just it it didn't it didn't hit right for me. It was it was like such a black sheep. Interesting. All right, Chase. I'm gonna let you finish, but uh, David, you like you you moved me with that. Like you definitely like made me rethink my rating with that. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. That was like a, a well a well written, well passioned speech there. I'm I want to change my rating right now. Oh shoot! <laughs> For the first time. I know, like. I'm gonna drop it down to uh, seven point five. Holy smokes, people! <sighs> no pressure, huh? All right, nine. Let's go. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> <God>. <laughs> uh, I I gotta be the one that that balances everyone out, right? Like I gotta be the one that gives like the unnecessarily high rating. Like that's my job, isn't it? <sighs> okay, so. Let me just say this, like we have, we have th this, this season, this series, right? Has been 
highly rated by us compared to everything else that we have consumed really over the last year of, of content. Um, we have, we, this has been uh, a success um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, comparing, I want to I first compare this to the other Gorn episode. So that, that particular episode was episode four, right? Five episodes ago. And we gave those nines. Those were nines. Like Eric gave it a nine two, David a nine four, and I gave it a nine six five. And even though there was blood, there was it was like like cat and mouse type stuff. Like it was your mind that made it that much worse than, than anything else. This one, I have I I. I think I have seen Alien like maybe two or three times, and I've seen Predator about two or three, maybe four times. And even though I've seen them multiple times, like they're not like my jam. Like I'm not really into it. Like it's okay, I guess, but it's not my jam. And you know, I think David is the one um, that's like. Remember when Star Trek was the trendsetter and everyone else followed Star Trek? I'm starting to adopt that, like, type of thing. Um, when, when I was seeing, like, Snowy Planet and I was seeing, like, some of the, the shots they were doing, like, in the corridors, I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be alien. Awesome. And then as soon as I saw, like, the little critter, like, you know, bursting out the chest, I'm like, we were definitely doing alien. And um, then we're definitely doing Predator with like the reverse like thermal vision thing I guess I didn't mind it I didn't mind this episode but this is not an episode that I plan on ever watching again if I'm being completely honest it to me it was decent enough but it was it's it's not one that I really just want to go back to ever um, unless I'm just you know being a completionist and doing a complete watch through for whatever reason um, I I think the like I said like like we've all said like with the Delta like Pike is the thing that's really holding this together which I think is like the sign of a good captain just a good lead for a Star Trek series like how well can our lead hold the thing together and despite like the shenanigans that we went through I think Pike did a good job even in like a mostly minimal kind of role in making this episode work um, seven five and a seven two. I don't know. Um, what was it last week? I gave Elysian Kingdom a seven eight. Um, and it's mainly because I like Ren Fairs. Um, what? Mm, I guess I'm also like trying to think of like the longevity of this episode. Like this, this episode is like bringing up issues about like in terms of like are we retconning are we not retconning the Gorn species in terms of like the few times that we've actually seen them right like we of course we saw them in arena and then of course we saw them again for like a hot second in um in a mirror darkly on um enterprise and that's pretty much it apart you know apart from memento here um this season i Not a big horror fan. Um, 
I think I can feel comfortable just giving this sucker a 7-7. I thought this was a... To me, this was a little bit better than Serene Squall, but not better than the Elysian Kingdom for me. So, yeah, 7-7 on this episode. Which... Come on, computer. Hello, computer. Which, uh, when it's all said and done, that um, gives our overall average rating for this episode, just round it up to a 7-5. So... Guys, what, I want to just ask you this: Like, what do y'all think about like how these last three episodes are trending? At least you know with our reviews, um, like just going off our average, like our, our individual scores and like what we're averaging. Um, our scores combined gave us a seven point four for Serene Squall, seven three for the Elysian Kingdom, and now seven five for all those who wander. What do y'all think about that in terms of how you know, what the trend is? Well, I think they definitely front-loaded, like, the better episodes. Like, and I, and I understand why you do that. Like, um, because you got to keep people interested, right? Sure. You don't want to put the, the not-as-good episodes at the beginning. But I also think it just points to the fact that it is difficult to keep the quality up, right? Like, you can't... Every episode can't be a gangbuster, right? Every episode of of any show there's gonna be some that are lower right you're not gonna have not every episode is gonna be amazing it's gonna blow you away mm-hmm. that's just really difficult to do yeah but i i guess i would expect that in like a 22 episode season though for sure but you're talking about 10 episodes this is like your shot this is your shot to impress and you're right not everything can be an absolute just banger but at the same token i just I didn't really expect to have such a great time and then all of a sudden kind of like slump down a bit out of a 10 episode season. I just didn't really expect to go that route. And I understand the decisions that they're making. Like the Elysian Kingdom is very reminiscent of old Trek. I get that. This is like an homage episode, so to speak, within the Star Trek universe. But it, it worries me about what we're going to do with the finale. It kind of it kind of worries me a bit cuz I I wanted to go out with a bang. Like go in with a bang, go out with a bang. Isn't So I, I know that's been teased that we have an actor coming in to play Kirk in season 2, Captain Kirk in season 2. No, or Lieutenant Kirk. Well, you, you know what I mean though. Like we sorry, James. We have a James T Kirk person that's going to be on. Um, not Captain, but where was I even going with that? Like, I, I know we, we have that and it's making way, but like, shouldn't he still technically be a tactical officer on the, um, I believe it's the Farragut at this point in the timeline rather than, yeah. you know, potentially being on the Enterprise at all? Good talk, everyone. Good talk. <laughs> well, next week is the finale, and um, I'm very interested to see how this goes. I mean, like, this felt like a finale, like, with all the goodbyes, and I just hope they can stick the landing well. I really don't want to see La'an. I mean, after her exit, I don't. I really don't. Um, 
bring her back in season two eventually, but just not not next episode. I can live with that. Um, any any final thoughts before we go to the most important part of the show? Nope. Nope. Okay. Good talk. So Eric, you know why people listen to the show, right? Twitter poll. That's right. We're going to the Twitter poll. Twitter poll. <laughs> so gang, I um, after a long absence of not t- collecting. Um, scientific data I finally opened up the tricorder and I entered in some stuff and um, here we go so here's the question that was on the Twitter poll which buddy cop movie would you want Spock and Nurse Chapel to star in most (laughs) here we go the choices were Lethal Weapon Starsky and Hutch Rush Hour Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. <laughs> David's like, why do I even do this? Why? <laughs> so, Lethal Weapon, Rush Hour, Beverly Hills Cop, Starsky and Hutch. That's right. And I love Beverly Hills Cop. So That's such I. a good movie. It really is. <laughs> True story. Not that, not that Lethal Weapon and um, the others aren't. <laughs> the others. Wow. Well, I Starsky and Hutch. What was the other one again? Lethal Rush Weapon, Starsky and Hutch, Hour. Rush Hour, and Beverly Hills Cop. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, man. What would I want Spock and Nurse Chapel to be in? Yep. Which buddy cop movie would you want Spock and Nurse Chapel to star in most? Well, I feel like the one that makes the most sense would be Rush Hour because you have the culture shock of, like, you know, the person who doesn't understand everything just because he's from a different culture. So I'm going to go with Rush Hour. Okay. Eric's going with Rush Hour. How about you, David? That is totally the first thought that I had, too, because, like, you know, you you have the, in quotations, comedic timing of, yeah, somebody who doesn't understand things, but in this case, it's just emotions. I just don't know if Christine Chapel can do uh, can do Chris Tucker. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? I, it doesn't necessarily fit Beverly Cop, uh, Beverly Hills Cop very well either. But I would be in, I would be more interested to see what that could be in an alternate universe, just just <laughs> because. But no, it's rush hour for sure. Some people just like to see the word world burn. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Let's go to the results. So coming in in fourth place with ten percent of the vote, Starsky and Hutch. Probably saw that one coming. Okay. Third place. of the vote. Upset right here. Beverly Hills Cop. Such a good movie. It really is. What was it? Beverly Hills Cop. Was it three or four? Not so great. There's only three. Three. Okay, yeah. So three with the amusement park. Three is the one at the the amusement park. Yeah, yeah. it's not that good. It's fine. Whatever. Okay. (sighs) Second place. 30%. You understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. Rush hour. 
I know, I know. 40% voted lethal weapon, y'all. Lethal, lethal weapon. weapon. Figure that one out. Okay. Got too old for this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I don't, I don't know. I just read the results. That's all I do. That's all I'm good for. It should have been rush hour, right? I think so. I think so. I, it, it's yeah. Well, all right. Well, that's it, y'all. This has been a long episode. Thank y'all for for sticking with us. Unless you, you know, stopped at the red alert and now you're listening at the very end because you like the music. That's fine too. Um, Thanks for listening. To the first 15 minutes, Raquel. We appreciate you. Appreciate you <laughs> for the download. Thanks, Raquel. <laughs> Every download helps. That's that's right. <laughs> Speaking of, of that, you know what y'all should do? If you want to help the show grow, just grab your, your friend's phone, their laptop, their tablet, and you know what? Just go to like, you know, Podbean where we host this or, or you know, on Apple or with Spotify, with Stitcher, whatever, man. Just And just subscribe your friend to, to the show. That'll help the show grow and we'd greatly appreciate it. Automatic download. And you know what? It's the gift that keeps on giving. You know why? Because they'll open up like, hey, I have a new download for a podcast. What's this? Oh my gosh. It's These Are the Voyages, greatest Star Trek podcast ever. I need to listen. And guess what? It's going to download every single time we drop a new episode. That's how it works. So thank you in advance for doing that. Appreciate it. Wow. You're basically telling them to content farm for you, Chase. <laughs> What do you think I do for so, you, David? So what you need to do is buy at least 15 different tablets, hook them all up to power, continuously run the episodes. Thank you. David, what do you think I do for you? I was about to say, what do you think I do for all of my projects? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much uh, for, as always, for, for talking. We've been doing this nonstop for almost a year. Good grief. This is episode number 52, like, without a break. Do you, do you want a break? No, I don't want a break. Good, because otherwise you'd be fired. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Just kidding, just kidding. Um, but um, speaking of content, we are going to be doing the uh, TRTV Awards. Uh, we, the last time we did that was January of 2021. Um, so we will be putting out uh, a ballot... Um, around, um, I believe, uh, uh, around July um, 8th, 9th, or 10th, give or take, like around that weekend, uh, with uh, some nominees for a variety of categories. So we'll put that on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter um, in our bio section so that you can go to the link easily and vote. Please vote. Um, and then we'll be live on um, uh, Twitch. We'll be live on Facebook um, where you can watch, um, watch us live as we reveal the winners. So uh, with that, everyone, I um, hope you enjoyed the episode. We'd love to hear from you. You can uh, get, get in contact with us both at trtvpod.com uh, as well as opening up hailing frequencies and entering in coordinates to trtvpod at gmail.com to send us a note, uh, what you thought about the show or just ideas for the show in general. Uh, if you do want to uh, send us a voice-only transmission, you can do that, 817-752-4757. There's a three-minute limit before the nitro comes and freezes you, so be quick about it. Uh, finally, if you do want to mail us something, you know, like this really delicious quiche, uh, make sure you use the proper packaging so it doesn't spoil. 
and make sure it gets to Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azle, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.